My name's Josh Snyder. You're listening to Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with Brittany Seid and Dub Shakes. And uh, so I I have Brittany with me today, and uh, this is my partner in business and in life. And we are uh, normally I have a a co-host, which Brittany has been on the podcast with um, my co-host, Corey Ochai, that we record at his studio. We're out here in California. at this amazing recording studio. And so I have uh, Brittany helping me with the co-hosting, making sure that we're, we're filling in all the, the questions and the um, audio space. And then I have, so tell me about um, your recording studio and, and what you do here, just like a little. Yeah, so um, so I'll give you a well. You know me in real life, so I my, do. My, but like, yeah. if I never met you, you never met me. Like, what's so, your elevator pitch about? Yeah, my like, elevator what this pitch is. about the whole thing is: first off, my name is William Jeffrey Shakespeare. All the search engine optimization has been wrapped up, so I had to come up with my artist name, which is Dub Shakes, mm-hmm. Dub right. for W, and the Shakes for Shakespeare. So it's a fun story behind that. But where we're at is the Gold Wave, W A V, in Burbank, uh, California. It's a multi-room recording studio uh primarily focusing on audio but we do video as well got you so we're here in in this in the b room um here and enjoying the vibe of the fake plants and trees and the (laughs) circus kind of vibes and yeah yeah here we are and so um i grew up in orange county california um what what do you want me? So I grew up calling calling him Jeff because that was like his thing. What, dub, dub for dub. Yeah, that's yeah. It. People call, okay. Yeah, or shakes. Um, you know. Okay. Yeah, my mother calls me William. Yeah. But very few people in life still refer to me as Jeff. Like, right. Yeah. It was just. I a texted small... him. I texted him. I was like, Hey, Jeff. Yeah. He's like, What the heck? Like, yeah. I, like, I show I show my girl. I was like, Look. Someone <laughs> said, Hey, Jeff. She's like, Who's Jeff? But she I'm calls like, you Dub. She calls me William. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Or Hun. <laughs> Babe. Yeah, yeah, I don't have another name, but yeah. yeah. But my mother calls me William. The industry calls me Dub or Shakes. Yeah, uh, yeah my father will will call me Jeffrey. That's the yeah. only name he got to pick, you know. So gotcha. His his name's William Douglas Shakespeare, gotcha. and his grandfather or his father William Lionel Shakespeare. So the middle name changes every generation for me. Gotcha. So. And there is lineage there? There is a long lineage. So I go back to, I think it's 32. So I don't know. You got to get the internet police on it to really yeah. find the right number. But he's my uncle, 32 times removed or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the uncle. So gotcha. no direct line. He's yeah. not not direct, but through his sister, I guess, is how I get to him and how the story makes sense. Yeah. So That's amazing. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. There it is. So the right. royalties are great. Monthly royalties off all the William Shakespeare stuff. It's just really great, you know. And that's I'm totally it. kidding. There's no money <laughs> like, in it. Like, no, there's. I had you for a second. There's no money in it at all. Yeah. No, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he had any money when he died. He probably died penniless and, you know, underrated. If anyone knows, feel free to leave a comment. Yes, please tap in all the William Shakespeare uh, <laughs> know-it-alls. Let me know. Yeah. Right. But you can find me on the tree. There's enough paper. If you have enough paper in your printer you can print out that that lineage that all the way back yeah, yeah you can okay gotcha i'm sure there's people that study that yeah my my father was really into it we went back to europe a few times uh yeah. as a family and he went to like churches and 
uh, old places who were trying to keep records during the 15 to 1600s, you yeah. know, when they had that gap. So, yeah, he did a lot of research, and, and then Ancestry.com came out, right. and there was a huge push for this whole thing. So he was on that wagon, and, yeah, so he was the one that kind of figured out what the number was at the time. Gotcha. So, so with uh, your current studio and kind of like what you've built up, um, you've gotten to a point where you have a little bit of a, a stature. Like, what what do you what would you say are like some of the projects that you work like the highlights? Sure. That... Well, I think I'm going on ten plus years mm-hmm. being Buster Rhymes' West Coast engineer. Okay. So for ten plus years, I've been the guy who's been in session with him. If he's on the West Coast, we've also done some traveling. We yeah. spent a month or two in Jacksonville, Florida. Lived to get lived with him out there. Lived yeah. with him out here when uh, he had his place in L.A. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, ten years of working with the legend allowed me to work with all these other legends, like his yeah. friends and the people he keep around are just you know bucket list type people that you want to be around and work with. They're the pioneers of rap, hip hop. Like right. it's just the kind of people you hang around are like, oh wow, like you know, once one day we we're we we're at the studio and he's like. Yo, Dub, we're going to Dre's house. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, he's like, we're going right now. We're going to Dre's house. Like, grab, grab your stuff. We out of here. Like, oh, yeah. sh- oh shit. I'm like, well, I'm in my, <laughs> my car. Like, he's like, meet me over there. Like, I already left. Yeah. I was supposed to meet him at the studio, and he's like, no, nah, I already left. Now you got to go to Dre's house. And I'm right. like, oh my gosh, what, Doctor Dre's house? Like, this yeah. is wasn't even a bucket list type thing because you don't think never. Ah, you know, like you're like I could, I can climb a mountain, I could jump out of a plane, but I can't like make a record with Doctor Dre. You know, yeah. like I don't know, like, right. it doesn't seem like something that's like tangible. Yeah. So yeah, having that experience and being being able to work with him off and on for a year and a half uh, wow. out of the house or out of yeah. aftermath, yeah, we got to work with some real cool projects. Um, so I got to work with Two Chains at the house as well and share some fun memories and yeah, uh, work with a couple different artists that he worked with. Anderson Pack was one of them. Okay, and, and then the artist he's worked with now named Khan. Um, I'm not sure if he's fully released it or if he's out and you know like this mm. is my artist type thing but he's super gotcha. talented guy uh, so i got to work with him as well um yeah there's so many stories that come from that but yeah pretty much you know 10 years plus with busta has been a great one and then from that you know i've been engineering mixing mastering all, almost 15 years at this point right. and um you know, I have a drum background when I was 10. We had talked yeah. before, you know, you know me from church and playing drums. And so I have that musical bone. My my brother, older brother, is a guitar player. Yeah. Uh, so I always wanted to be in a band and tour the world with him. And we did do that for a while. We went on some tours, and and that was a lot of fun. And then just kind of at the end of the tours, we, we had different ideas of what we wanted to do in music. You know, mm. he wanted to do his music. I kind of wanted to do everyone else's music. Yeah. You know, so we kind of, I went into service providing in this industry. And yeah. Became an engineer and a studio owner and, uh, you know, like that. Right. So, but I think the last few years, uh, I really took a turn for uh, songwriting and okay. pursuing my own artistry. Amazing. You know, spending so many years service providing other people. Yeah. Now I'm like, hey, you know, I have a, I have a song idea. Yeah. You know, like I've got a couple words I can say, you know. Right. So you build up your confidence over working with so many people who right. were maybe not so great, you know. So yeah. I've had a thousand sessions where I am just wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got a buddy. He started DJing, and he was uh, he was working at in the, the Pittsburgh Zoo, 
and he there was this guy and he was like older and he he was like falling apart and just like not not in, in his skill level was was just not there is what i mean and fumbling everything and like yeah. letting records stop pause then play and like mispronouncing name like everything was a train wreck oh bad and uh he was like he, he's like someone paid like 1800 bucks to have him come out here he's like i could do, like i could do better than that yeah like and so like seeing someone that is you know has this is like i don't know if it's like this confidence where you you know you think you're better than you are and you just like go for it or maybe you just have a bad day but either way like um when you realize that you're like oh i can do like the you you may not be at the top, but you you'd be you'd land somewhere in the middle, and you're like I I could be okay with it, like you know get better from there. Yeah. Um. It definitely. It's interesting to see that perspective, and and reevaluate yourself, and like so that you can make sure that you're, um, you know, living, in a way where you're uh, respecting yourself in it. Like, it kind of puts you in a different. Um, in the correct lane or league, like making sure you're kind of on in course. line with, yeah, on yeah, course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of parallels with what you're saying, like, um, in my business. So, um, I don't usually jump right into it, like in my intro, but when it comes up in conversation, it's, it's, uh, it's good to bring up. So I have a printing business and that's what, um, Brittany here is, is a part of with me. And, um, we've been doing that for a little over eight years. Um, and, or I have been, and I, I'm like an artist and entrepreneur and I, I do, I do illustrations. I do graphic design. I do photography. Um, photography is probably the thing that I've shown the most like illustrations and, and graphic design would be stuff that people would see that like we produce, but like no one would know that it was my like work essentially. Um, but as we've grown, I've, I've definitely tried, like I did have an art show, um, like four years ago where it was like a solo show. Um, and I'm planning to do more. I wanted to do one in, in this past year, but it was a little weird with COVID and everything like that. Uh, but now we, we've developed and gotten more and more printers. And so like, I'm working on doing more, um, to expand on, on what I have been like taking photos of and, and doing, doing that. Um, but it's very interesting. Like I do feel very much like, uh, the, the artwork that I produce is the printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very much service industry yeah. type thing where it's like not service industry in, in the um, sense of like, you know, the retail end, but um, like where people are coming to you with a project and it's up to you to make that project come out the way that hopefully they're looking for. Yeah. And, and so often they have no idea what it is they're looking for. And it's up to you or us yeah. to like see that vision, understand what it is that they're trying to accomplish and then kind of work some magic to yeah. take what they have and like make it into a reality something that's going to work. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's it, in this industry, it's fun to compare like parallels where, you know, you're doing your thing and, and, and it's, so I moved from, from Orange County, California about 11 and a half years ago. And at the time you were kind of like right where you were talking about how you were with your brother and, and doing, um, you know, you guys had your recording studio and you were doing, you were doing your music the and touring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Playing in the um, band together. Right. And then when you, when you ended up 
kind of doing this solo and and making this your your thing i think that's probably where it started to to make sense for you that like that was that was it like this is what you were doing and like more direction i I know we're always trying to find direction and like make adjustments um but understanding like having a clear path and understanding like where like what's going to be next. To go. Yeah. I think what it was for me at the time. So I always had the dream of wanting to, you know, be in a band and tour the world, but I didn't yeah. really know how that was going to happen. You gotcha. know, it was just kind of like that naive, like it's just going to happen, you know, like yeah. as long as we rehearse our songs and play in front of the right people, then we're going to get seen and picked up and then everything's going to turn into the history, you know? Like, yeah. So there was a lot of that in, like, my younger years of, you know, being in a band and t- doing the tours and um, playing with my brother. And we didn't really have a business plan. We didn't have right. any goals set. It was just, like, make better songs, play bigger shows, yeah, get discovered, you know? It was yeah. just, like, kind of it. So along that path, um, I mean, if you don't have a plan, it's going to tend to just get old after a while. Somebody's going to jump ship. Right. So after a while, our lead singer was like, you know, I'm just going to kind of like do my own thing. I want to do a solo project and pretty much like forget you guys. And right. you guys was me and my brother. And we yeah. were the only people paying for the studio rent anyway. So it really yeah. didn't affect us that much that he wanted to now leave our yeah. rehearsal studio. My brother and I look at each other like, all right, well, are you going to quit music? I'm like, no. Are you going to quit music? No. All right. Well, we'll just want to make a band together. Yeah, sure. So right. my brother and I had a project together and that was kind of like, okay, well, we're going to create our own music. And we did this cool instrumental, like audio visual project and we had it synced up with a uh, video. It was really, really kind of innovative for the time. Yeah. And I think just he and I just had different ideas and, and, priorities during the time so it was just hard to get that project off the ground yeah i mean art is so hard anyways whether you know in at any medium Mm -hmm. and then trying to do it with two three four five people and have that be a a thing that you guys can consistently do together is it's that insane and it being your older brother is even another dynamic right so right so i I had i was in business with my brother for seven years and uh, there was great parts of that, and then there were some parts that him and I both, to this day, um, you know, we talk every day, I would say, and um, we still have a very good relationship, but working together um, at some point. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, like, because you, know, you got to call each other out. And you yeah, gotta... I remember my brother had some, <laughs> okay, he would laugh about this now because he had this one, so he was taxing me. On my studio, right? So yeah. he and I 50 50 everything in the studio. But then I would use my studio to do sessions and provide yeah. service and make money so that I could pay my rent again. But we both worked at a restaurant and we're, he was a server. I was doing the uh, food uh, line yeah. or whatever. So, um, expo. So we we're both side hustle and then trying to do music, right? Yeah. So I'm hustling the studio using all my time to get clients and make money and kind of hustle this brand and develop over here. So he's like, Hey, so you're, you got all this use going on. (laughs) So basically you have all these other people coming in and using the studio. So you need to pay a percentage of all, every dollar that you get needs to go to me for depreciation. Right. And so he had this like, 
whatever tax and it was just so ridiculous it ended up like just totally destroying me because he was like i remember one one month like i i had paid his rent with my like my hustle yeah like i had to hustle my tax paid his rent and i was just like i remember like being like talking to my dad i was almost in tears i was just like i'm so frustrated i'm literally staying up all night 24 7 i'm eating top ramen i'm riding my bicycle to the studio like i'm working like i have like all these clients like and i'm like struggling so hard i can't barely do this and then i look over here and my brother is like oh you know like happy my uh uh, business plan worked out i got my rent paid for this month and he's hopping and skipping along and i'm just like want to pull my hair out like this is so crazy you know it has to be it like it could work but it has to be minimal like like, hey man give me an extra 50 bucks 100 bucks a month mm, like for it to be like look (laughs) i don't know if you got a business with somebody where you want to go 50 50 have a definitive answer have have an understanding on what's going to be used and what the what the purpose is i am like i am 100 percent. it's like going 50 50 on a baseball bat and you're mad that i go out and use it more right we both bought a baseball do you think that happened because you guys were brothers i would say Uh, yeah yeah 100 percent. because i would not allowed it if it was anyone else right if it was anyone else it wouldn't it didn't make sense even when i agreed to it i was like it still doesn't feel right because we're 50 50 so if Mm -hmm. you don't want to come to the studio all the time i don't have a problem with that and if i want to be there all the time Mm -hmm. This is what we're going 50-50 for. And when something breaks, then we go 50-50. Or you can have a conversation with me about if I broke it or one of my clients broke Mm -hmm. it and what the damage was and if it's justifiable that it was a 50-50. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. So when I started this (laughs) business that I'm in now, um, it was a big difference to, like, realize, like, I'm no longer – I don't have a business partner to answer to. So I didn't have to go through – like. Our thing was, like, we would argue about something until we both agreed. So it had to be, like, unanimous mm-hmm. between the two of us before we did anything. So we would we would try to sell each other on these ideas, the whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and and there were some, some things where, like, of course, like, one of us has an idea. We're both on board. We do it. And it's great. And then there's other times where, you know, him or I, we'd butt heads and, and we would just, like, but we wouldn't do anything until we both agreed on it. So, like, there was some some good things, but I mean, it's never perfect. And and working with a sibling was uh, was always interesting because then you end up with like there there's this you can't tell each other when you're when you're messing up as much as like if it was an employee and you could let them go, you're like, all right, like, hey man, it's, like, it's just you, business, right? Where uh, yeah. when it's sibling and like. Like we got, we got tied into a loan together. We got tied in like the lease and and all these other things where um, it it can it can make it. And I, I'm thankful that we came out of that ahead and and both of us like have a good head on our shoulders. I think that, um, you know there, there's can be good and bad. Um, now we work like alongside each other essentially. You know, like he's helped me fix he's, a couple machines. He does welding. My like, way. What's he? And, what's his passion right now? Is he yeah. still in printing or? Is no. He... So he, yeah, he's he's doing welding, he's and welding. he does make oh, wow. he makes like weld art, um, nice. so like metal art and sculptures <clears throat> and stuff nice. like that. It's really cool. Um, but he also does like just regular, you know, welding for pro- like products that people need put yeah. together, and 
Um, so, and he's down in like probably like 40 minutes south of Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he has his thing. And anytime he needs like some flyers and he went to a trade show and he needed a bunch of stuff printed out. So we were, you know, having yeah. to make it for him and, and um, kind of go back and forth. And there's some, some things that I need from time to time that uh, he's making me a rack right now where like to put all of our paper in, I needed something that like, cause we got these huge rolls of paper. Yeah. Um, they're like falling over all over the place right now. <laughs> like, I need something to put these in. Uh, so awesome. I showed him like, Here, here's what's in my catalog. I could buy this for $700 or I can give you $700. And he's like, I can make one twice as big for that. And I'm like, that's tight. That's what yeah. I need. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, doing that, I mean, being able to support each other, I think is, is important. Um, but being 50, 50 was very hard. But when I, like I was young, I was 18 when I started that business, when yeah. I was here where it was a partnership and, and having someone that would be 50, 50 with me and like go through a tough thing with me was worth the, the toughness mm. at that time, you know, where, yeah. and then when I came out of that, I had that business for seven years. We sold that. It's still in business moved. And then when I started the new one, it was like, I had enough under my belt that I didn't feel like I needed a partner just to be able to do the, do the work. And now with this dynamic, it's like, I brought Brittany on at the beginning of the year. So it's like one year now. Um, and we've been in business over eight years. So when I brought her on, it was different. Like I've had probably a dozen and a half employees mm -hmm. over time. Um, people that, whether they helped me out part-time, full-time, um, in whatever capacity it was, it was just like, it's hard to get people to care. And like, not that I, like, I probably had three or four great employees, like, like where they were, they were great, but like they moved on and it wasn't really, um, like a foothold where like I could keep, like it's, yeah. we're making copies. Like it's not something that I could keep someone's attention for that long. Yeah. Um, but with, <clears throat> with her, um, I mean, we had been together already for a couple of years and, and being able to like be together and, and work together. It, it was, to some people, that sounds like a nightmare, and I've heard people be like, "Oh," uh, but like we kind of can't get enough of it, and not in like a not like a corny, cheesy way. I don't think um, it just works. But like, yeah, it works. We just enjoy each other, and and um, she's. I I think that there's very few people that work harder than I do, um, and the people that do, you know, work as hard or harder. Um, I, I have a ton of respect for and, and look up to, and, and not that, I mean, there's something to respect about everyone. I'm not looking down on anyone, but sure. she is, uh, she's a very hard worker and she loves getting, you know, getting projects done and, and learning new, new things and, and helping develop. So, um, we've grown a lot in this, this past year and changing from a team where I, like, I was, I was here. Like 2021, I was here in, in California. I spent three weeks um, out here in December and I was like ready to quit. When I went back, I was just like, I don't want to be doing this print shop anymore. Like I felt like I was working paycheck to paycheck and I'm yeah. like, like I've been working so hard on this and I, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Um, you know, I could, during the pandemic, I was doing Uber Eats like as like a, you know, way to, yeah, make yeah. money, make sure that money kept flowing in business could keep the money that it was making. I didn't need that money. So the money could go towards the staff that we had. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just kind of build back slowly, but 
if I didn't have work to do, it's like I can't not do any. Like I can't just sit there and, and hope. Um, we didn't get any like financial assistance, no, no like government aid or anything like like. Yeah. We weren't really, like, not that I like was looking for it, but I definitely didn't want that to be like, you know, if I can make money, I want to make money. Like, yeah, I'm not of course. Just, like, skate, <clears throat> yeah. skate by for free. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like. And I'm very interested to hear about you and, like, the pandemic and, like, how that, like, if that changed anything. I mean, it definitely changed. It changed a lot. Surprisingly, during the beginning of the pandemic, um, remember I was telling you before, I I had uh, five studios, five functional studios. At this location, right? At this location. Yeah, five functional studios here. Yeah. And um, I was actually really busy during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, but mainly because... I just have a small, you know, niche uh, client mm-hmm. set where, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't turn and burn tons of different clients every day. Right. You know, I have like a handful of clients that when they're working on projects, we're locked in. Right. So during that time, I had a couple projects that kind of kept me going through that. Also, I was using it uh, as an opportunity to work on some of my own artistry. Yeah. So during that time, I really spent a lot of time on my own projects, doing a lot of songwriting. Um, and just trying to, uh, you know, kind of I- encourage the, my team to stay busy too, you know, yeah. just keep the rooms booked and whatnot. But I think a lot of the label, all the labels shut down, all the big studios shut down. So like everyone went to home right. studio vibe. Yeah. So if you couldn't build your own dope home studio, you needed to hit up your studio contact plug right. who had a nicer non-commercial facility but non-home facility so that's where kind of this so it's kind of under the radar yeah it's not a commercial facility so i'm not getting booked by big labels Mm -hmm. on the regular where where it's commercialized like that it's very much you have to know somebody that i personally know and like to let in the space to contribute and receive the energy that it gives yeah so it's very much like a community vibe here you know not that anybody's going to be barging in your studio session and trying to change your you know idea or whatever but you know it's it's that type of place where you know there's high level uh, clientele walking through at all times you know so you bump into somebody in the hallway, have a great conversation, you know, the course of your career could change. Absolutely. So we don't really just open it up necessarily to everybody, you know, just, you know, we, we just recently became available on the internet, I saw you know, like very, 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 very recently. So, but even through that, we do kind of a vigorous kind of like yeah. background check. And right. yeah, you, you have to know somebody to know somebody to even hear about it right now. Right. So just trying to automate some of that really so I can free myself up to do more songwriting and pursue my artistry. Absolutely. So just, yeah, automate it. And then I've been able to create jobs for other engineers as well here. So there's a handful of guys that use the facility to, you know, pay their bills. Amazing. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So I enjoy teaching and sharing, you know, my journey. So all the guys that I work with on the regular, they, they get, you know, no, you know, no curtains about all the behind the curtains you know the behind yeah. the curtains thing if i have an idea or a cool thing i'm gonna do i don't really keep it from everybody like gotcha. i'll share my my with my team yeah i'd probably do that before i would you know do a, a podcast or not a podcast but a video on like how i do my right process you know but if somebody's in my team i'm like come here let me show you how the start to finish how the whole thing and then yeah. how i got this and then how they call me back 
you know, like, like right. that was my whole business model. Like provide the service, make the client happy. So they go tell their mom and dad and their friends yeah. and then they'd be happy enough to come back. Yeah. And I was, as long as I could do that, I could keep the client and then right. they would get me more business. And what's stronger than word of mouth? Absolutely. Nothing. 100%. So that's what I did early on when, when my brother and I had our <clears throat> little separation, <clears throat> I had a, a client where, uh, or I was working valet at the time. This is where I was working valet. And, uh, my valet partner was like, Hey, uh, you know, one of my friends from South central, he's a rapper. You know, I told him you had a studio cause at this time my brother and I in the band, we'd, we just had the band and we had our rehearsal space. Literally it was a day after the band broke up. I had that conversation with my brother. Are we going to keep the studio? Yeah, we'll keep the studio. So we keep the studio. Yeah. I go to my valet job the next day and it's a God thing for sure. Cause my, yeah. my valet partner's like, Hey man, I just, you know, my rapper friend from South Central, I gave him your number and told him you did music and you had a studio. And I'm like, well, I don't really have a studio. I have like a rehearsal space. Yeah. We have a couple mics. We did some real ghetto recordings, you know, yeah. like, you know, and call it a studio. But okay, like, hey, I gave him your number. Hope it was cool. Cool. All right. So I get a hold of the guy. Uh, his name was George. So he's like, hey, I heard you got a studio in Long Beach. I'm like, all right, let me let me give you the rundown. I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. not like a studio, studio. Right. Like, I. I got a mic and we can record and I'm down. Like, just why don't you just like bring some weed or some Hennessy and we'll just figure it out. Like, I won't charge you anything. Let's just figure it out together. Yeah, you know, yeah. like get a vibe going. Like, and he's like, cool. We must have did like a hundred, 150 mixtape tracks. Like wow. he would just go freestyle and I would learn how to record. Yeah. He would be telling me, oh, like, can you do this? And he'd show show me something on his phone that was like a popular artist and maybe it was like some reverb or some delay or like a beat drop or whatever these things were that he would show me on the phone and I would have to go back to the session and be like, okay, how do I, yeah. how do, I do that? Or maybe I'd YouTube real quick how to, you know, <laughs> I was YouTube <laughs> University. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just Google and figure it out. So, but he was my first real client where I was providing a service. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the first rate was weed and Hennessy. And then he ended up having a friend. He was like, yo, my friend wants to, like, you know, yeah. record. And I was like, all right, well, tell him it's 10 bucks an hour. <laughs> and he's Which like, cool. Which is still nothing. Which is like... still nothing. But at, well, when he came and he did that two-hour session for $20 and I got the $20 at the end and he left and he was happy, I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, like, I got a job. Yeah, like I could do I can make this. Money with this. Yeah, yeah, like I could do. Th and we were sitting around drinking and smoking yeah. and like right. in a cool vibe, listening to music right. loud. Like, cool, like tight. All right, I didn't have to. <laughs> and now at this point, you know, I'm like, so I keep hustling and I'm working with clients. At this point, now I'm working at an Italian restaurant with my brother. They're both doing the same thing, Italian restaurant. Gotcha. So I'm juggling, trying to hustle all the friends of the friends of the friends, and the you know, and every yeah, yeah. how I would do it was. Because I quickly learned that everyone wants this thing called a homie hookup. Oh, of course. It's crazy. I got, right. yeah, this homie hookup, which is a discount, right? Yeah. Just because we're friends, mm -hmm. which is just the thought is just crazy, right? Because yeah. if I'm your friend, I want to support your business. 100%. Uh, at 100% rate. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. crazy, right? People so, have me for fan price. I'm like, my fan pays devil. Like, yeah, they want to like, see me thrive. What? Like, so yeah, this homie hookup thing. I'm like, okay, well, I can't charge any less than ten. I'm like, I can't. Right. How do I, so, but how do I let everybody feel like they're getting this right. great rate? But I need to survive, like right. you know. So, how I would do it was, 
say, you know, this guy Mike was at $10 an hour. As soon as he referred me to somebody, I would increase it just a little bit. Yeah. Not of an offensive amount or not a double amount to where the person that he referred me to had an issue because maybe it was like went from 10 to 15. It wasn't like 10 to 20 and right. you got they doubling up on you and I feel some type of way. It's like, yeah, yeah. all right, cool. So it was like slowly scaling up because then yeah. the person that gave the referral they're still getting a little bit of a discount. Right. Their homie just hit him. Oh, he said he was 15 an hour. And he's like, well, I, I paid 10, but maybe I'm just getting, hey, right. and it's not enough he's to really, growing. Yeah. not enough to really bicker about, hey, five right. bucks an hour. What are you really talking about? So I scaled that every time it was like a ripple effect. Every time I got another yeah. person outside of the ring, I was able to get a raise. Yeah. Because I was like, otherwise, how do I? How do you scale it? Got, yeah, how do you scale right. it? So it's like, all right, cool. So referral based. That's how I got raises. If so, now the <laughs> now the ring is out. You know, yeah. now the ring's out. So if someone comes back to you, you still do it for like a, a lower rate. Like if if that original dude comes back, you do it for ten bucks. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, and he didn't quit, but because he realized that paying ten dollars an hour into yourself is going to get you nothing. You got to right. spend the big bucks. So. I know. And he should have been working with somebody that was a hundred dollars an hour at the time. He would have got better product. You know, yeah. we had to learn together. You get what right. you pay for. 100%. So. There's a, there's a balance and a blend to it. No, now what you do is you you hire my assistants mm-hmm. that are half my rate and that are being taught and fed everything that I'm teaching them plus they're getting all of their own ideas too. Right. So that's the best thing to do. But gotcha. no, I, I got a um you know, I got too many mouths to feed to be at ten dollars an hour. <laughs> and the and the overhead in uh, yeah. in California. I'm still here in California, right. my brother. <laughs> Uh, still here in California, my brother. So the overhead is is uh, relentless. Right. It's so. really cool though when you get to that level of confidence. Like, no, this is my rate. Like I've yeah. worked, I've worked yeah. and worked so hard to get to this level, and my experience and my expertise. Like that's what you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets to the point where it's just like it's you know it's it's not worth it for me to to stop doing what I'm already doing. Right. You know, like if I wasn't doing anything and I didn't like have any goals or something, then I guess it would be easier to just take whatever right. anyone gave you. No, but, when you're busy, like I have to tell people there's there's like five other print shops. Like we're like one out of five with like the top yeah. five in, in Pittsburgh and that are like independently owned and operated. Yeah. And so like if someone has a project that'd be like that doesn't quite fit what we do, it's like, Oh yeah, you know, this these are Two or three Your places options. that I think that you do because yeah, like, we absolutely. might be able to help you with like what you need what by the time for. you need it. Like, right. Yeah. Because like there's, there's like, it's just us. Like we're not like a huge print shop and like we do have a lot of resources that we could work with. But at the same time, I don't want to be up all night trying to get things done. It, it, like it's not worth it. Like I already yeah. have work to do. So like we, we got to make sure that we stay balanced out and. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can check. We're going to the Kings game tonight. Oh, nice. Man, I don't do enough, like, sporting events in California. We have all these teams now. Like, it's awesome. Like, two hockey teams and now three. We have three football teams with the Chargers and the Raiders and the Rams. And it's crazy. Raiders moved to LA. The Raiders moved. The Raiders moved. But we have. The Chargers came here. And then Oakland. Yeah. We have San Francisco 49ers. Right. Giants. 
Giants. Oh, I forgot about. It. I always forget about the Giants. Chargers. I thought it was the New York Giants. Oh, you're right. They, um, San Francisco. San Francisco Giants. It's baseball. That's baseball. baseball. We got Giants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, like California's crazy. I think I counted out once. It was like 22 teams. It's ridiculous. Like yeah. where we got like three in Pittsburgh, and then we got I think two or three in Philly. So like, it's not. It's yeah, not I'm, quite. I'm sure the like, internet gurus will fact check that for sure <laughs> and correct us. Yeah. But right. the opportunities are plentiful in this state for the amount of games I do not attend. It's like yeah. crazy. So I like I like like uh the Pirates games are great like for like you can get tickets for like under twenty bucks. Like they they're the worst. Like they're dead last. Oh no. Um the but it's so fun to go and like ba- anything could happen in baseball. Yeah. Where like you could be playing against the best team and just like it's so random that like the the underdog can take it. And they and they do I, I'm not gonna say more often than not, but when they do it is sweet. And so, um it's fun to go to those. So Shark's been to like he's eight years old. I think he's been to seventy two games. What? And uh That's it's, awesome. it's fun. And then uh and That's then awesome. We went to a penguin penguins game. And I've been to a handful of games, and like those are a little more expensive. Um, but I took, I, I got tickets from a friend, and uh, and so I took him to a preseason game, and he loved it. Like we've been trying to get him to play a sport and like like do something. He's he's small and like he has too much energy, and and he's very selfish right now, <laughs> which is part of being eight. Yeah, um, no shame, but it's like I want like. Something more than just me, like if, if a coach, if he could be part of a team and a coach can give him some direction and like he gets a little more understanding that he's be a little less self-centered mm-hmm. um, and more patient, more, you know, all the things that a team can give you. Um, yeah. I think that that's, that's important for childhood development. Absolutely. Uh, but when he saw the hockey game, he was like, and he looked back at a picture of like when we went to that game, you know, a few months ago and he's like, that was the best so night of my bad. life. Like, and so he started, he started, we he wanted to get signed up for hockey. He wanted to play. We played some deck hockey, and um, he was into it. And so we signed him up for like eight weeks. He just finished that before Christmas. On ice and or on ice? On yeah. ice. Yeah, he plays on ice. Nice. So he's like learning learning how to skate, how to shoot pucks, and and all that. And he so there's like four levels you got to pass through. He just passed through the first one. Nice. And then after that, he gets to join a team. How cool! So, so he's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's I've fun heard. to see him like enjoying something. And yeah. So when we came out, we were like looking at. Like what was going on, and and uh, and so when we were looking through the, we saw King Kings and Knights uh, playing. We're like, oh, let's, Golden let's Knights that. is yeah. that Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. So that'd be super cool. He gets to see a different, um, you know, arena, arena and, yeah. and, and different teams and the fans and jerseys yeah. and all that. Right. Yeah. And then now when he goes back, like so, he's been to a couple Penguins games now, so. And Pittsburgh is very, um, like, sports is, is – it's a very sports-centric city, right? So, mm-hmm. like, here, I feel like you, you probably get the same amount of people that go, but, like, the percentage – because we have such a smaller percentage, the, the amount of the population that either went or watched it is, like, huge, huge. compared to here. Like, there's yeah. so much going on and, like, so many different things competing for your attention that, like, I feel like it, it was, like, kind of a joke where – like when the Kings won the Stanley Cup, it was like it reminded everyone 
in LA that they even had a they hockey, had a hockey team. team. Like, like they don't like exactly. most people are like, oh yeah, I guess that that the too. The Ducks like, too, like right. the Ducks. Yeah, know? yeah, we were looking at that game too. Or the Dodgers right. and the Angels. Like yeah. everybody hates on the Angels out here. I feel like yeah. general consensus is like, oh, the Angels suck. Yeah. But like Dodger games are fun. Right. I remember going to Dodgers games. Um, I went to a few Angels games. I would say like I'm a Pirates fan first and then Dodgers second. Mm-hmm. Angels. Not even really like on my list. <laughs> I don't know. It really, I don't even really gravitate toward it. I'd say the Ducks when I played yeah. hockey. Cause yeah. Like my parents had like tickets, you know, to go see them all the time. So that was the, like my team right. when I was young. Also the Mighty Duck movies. Like yeah. it was like the Ducks. Wasn't Gretzky were it. on it for a minute? Like, Gretzky was, uh, I don't know if he or was on the, the Kings. Ducks. He was on the Kings. Yeah. Okay. So he was still, I mean, the GOAT, you know? Of course. But uh, that was so much fun. When I think back to my childhood, yeah, yeah. All my hockey days are some of the best team sports stuff, too. Then you right. get into high school and you get into soccer and football. That's what I did, you know? So right. more team sports. Yeah. But, I feel like people here definitely like Dodgers and Lakers. Like, like Lakers are like a big. Yeah, like, huge. That's probably the thing the community is most excited about. Yeah. And then, I mean, football is a big deal, but like the uh, – like, I remember growing up watching Lakers games and yeah. now it's so like I'm so far removed from it because Pittsburgh doesn't have any basketball like we got college basketball mm. Pitt's a pretty good team like but it's not really like a it's not the same no Mm-mm. no not at all so it's you know <clears throat> but yeah we're we're excited maybe uh That'd go see be the beach, beach tomorrow well, I mean yeah. when you're when you're here you got to kind of like soak it up and do all the things yep and that's something too that like i remember being in in california like living here like it's 72 and sunny almost every day of the year so like it's not exciting yeah you take it for granted right and Mm -hmm. so living somewhere with four seasons it's like every day that's great like you want to make the the most out of it Mm -hmm. like maybe get off a little early or come in a little late or you know like it's worth there's so much value to it and it rains in Pittsburgh more than in Seattle. Like, oh it's, wow! It's like uh, she's like, if it's sunny too much, she starts to get like, oh, come on, man, what? Get, mm-hmm. This is too too if, nice out. Yeah, if it's sunny too many days in a row, I'm like, all right, yeah. enough. <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think Southern California is great in like in bits and pieces, and, and we're we're here. We gotta live it up. But um, there's like people keep asking me, like, there's no part of me that is interested in coming back like, really yeah even if it was the same price um price prices is, is definitely um <laughs> a factor but i think that people make more the of it quality yeah. of life yeah. yeah i remember yeah I, I could attest to that when i lived in washington I lived in seattle you know yeah. in south of seattle and i felt like the people just genuine. Quality, yeah more yeah. genuine yeah. so I felt that in the traffic too. You know? Yeah, like, right. People being cooler on the freeway or something, you know. Hundred so. percent. And there are. It's not to say that there aren't people in Southern California that aren't genuine. It's just that they're much fewer and farther between. Yeah. And like where in the East Coast, it's like that same. I mean, it may not be exactly the same ratio, but like there's the people that are just like kind of jerks or out to get you or whatever. They're they stand out because they're loud, but like they're they're much fewer or farther between. Like most people just want to, you know, do good work and be proud of what they do and yeah. um like that the community out there is just very like proud of um 
like where the steel city, most of the steel like in America for centuries or decades came from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, and that was like a very big part of Pittsburgh our pride. Town. Yeah, yeah, right. So even now, like even with my printing business, like if it's like people are still, you do good work and you're proud of it and, and people are very, responsive like, to it yeah 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 so it's it's amazing to be um, be part of that community pittsburgh is just a loved city like around the world mm-hmm. like for some reason like i was in rome and there's like a Steelers bar in rome italy like yeah they just love yeah people love pittsburgh <clears throat> you'll meet somebody from pittsburgh and you're like I'm halfway across the world right now, and they grew up in... Pittsburgh, it's not even, like, a bigger... Like, it's, like, a 30-second biggest <laughs> city in the country. Like, it's not even, right. like, a huge city. Yeah. It's just, like... I mean, Philly's, like, two, three times bigger than our... Like, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, Pittsburgh is... It's so funny. Well, I love it. I'm definitely going to have to come out. Yeah, sure. please. Yeah. We, got, we got room for you. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, actually, I had Jerry out here. Um, oh nice yeah, I, wow. he came out last winter he i got him a, like a gig at a, at a show one of my nice. buddy's shows and and came down and dj'd and, and hung out for a few days and very uh, cool yeah yeah very cool absolutely so um but i know like for you like being where you're at and in the industry you're in it makes complete sense to be here um and that's why like people that are trying to make it in show business come here because people like you are here. You know what I mean? (laughs) But if you were doing what you were doing in Pittsburgh, like there, there might only be three or four other people that are doing it at your level. Right. And so it would be very easy for you to be the best at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk of the town. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very oversaturated here. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, so like it's easy to rub elbows here more because like there isn't as much happening in Pittsburgh. But if you, depending on what I think, um, like what your industry is, mm-hmm. we're going to like a smaller town and, and, um, especially coming from like Southern California. I have a, I have a buddy that he's a DJ and show promoter and, and he has a small business and, um, he, Grew up in Pittsburgh, but when he was like nine or ten, he moved out to San Francisco and he started DJing and promoting and um, kind of figuring out that that world. And then he moved back to Pittsburgh in his twenties, and we both feel like we have like a unfair advantage because we both had to promote shows here in Pittsburgh, promote business or here in 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 a, like California. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's um, like we could promote a tenth as hard. And have a better outcome than most people that are there that do it for a living, um, like every day. And it's it's such a huge difference to like take what we've learned here and apply it there, right? Um, because the people just not that they're not like working hard, but they just don't they don't understand how like I was saying like there's a million things going on and you're trying to fight for that attention for like yeah. hey like come come to our show come like. I was at Warp Tour putting flyers for our music magazine, like in the toilet paper, so that when you went to pull <laughs> toilet paper, like out of the out of the um, portageon, it was like you're handed a flyer because like we we're handing flyers to everyone, but it's like 
where else can I hit people where they're not going to expect it? Like, and then you have it and you're reading it while you're gotcha. in there. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. And we go in other magazines and we, we'd like, we would go through a shelf in like bionic records and we'd put one of our flyers inside of every magazine that was there. Anyone, um, rather than just like setting them down, like, yeah, we'd set some down, but we'd also do that. And like, just finding ways that like we had to be creative and like find, um, like, different avenues than just like the norm of like and uh and then if i apply any of that like a tenth of that or just like a little bit of effort um it's so much more effort than everyone else is putting in so it it ends up making a huge difference but yeah i can um, feel that but there's so there's there's advantages on both sides and and there's no wrong way to do it i think you just have to feel out what's right for you Mm -hmm. and i think being in pittsburgh for me um, I mean, there's, there's a ton, ton of reasons, but on the more personal aspect, um, like my mom passed away when I was 16 and she was from Pittsburgh. So that made it like, I feel more, um, close to her being there, if that makes sense. So Absolutely. like, um, and like the people have, have a very similar like attitude is what she had. And like, even just she was an English teacher, so she didn't have, like, there's this, like, Pittsburghese mm. where, like, we talk and, and say things, like, a um, little bit differently. And she didn't have too many of those, but there there were maybe a few where, and so when I hear people talking about it, like, normal speech and, like. Reminds you. Yeah, yeah right. So there's there's definitely, like, a home. It's It it feels like home for me. That's um, good. So, yeah, I've been well, loving I'm happy it. for you. Happy thank you. you found it, found, found home out there. Yeah, That's thank great. you. And then, I mean, with with my son and and her, yeah, um, the business that that we built and everything. So it's it's where we want to be. It's also it's a great spot for like being able to travel. Like we both love to travel. Yeah. And having a place that's like a home base. Like if you live here, and you're paying three thousand dollars to live here a month, um, or you know, or less or more, but like that that's kind of like the average. Um, like you can't afford to go away for a month. Like, cause you're going to have to not only afford to be able to do the traveling, but also pay to be here and be gone for a month. Like, that's insane. So um, being able to be somewhere where it's not as um, it, it's a good base. And then on the East Coast, like within, you know, three hours, five hours, eight hours, like being able to we drove to New York a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, like, that's nice. Um, having everything so close, like we could drive to D.C., New York, Buffalo. It's also nice um, to escape here because it's like negative degrees back then, yeah. and the air hurts your face. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was rough out there, Ouch. for sure. Yeah. Um, but what do, you, what do you think, um, in that same regard, what do you think, like, being in California for you, like, like how do you feel like this is home for you? <clears throat> well, other than growing up here and majority, actually all of my family pretty much being uh, still here yeah you know that's a huge part of me feeling like california's home of course but uh for the particular industry i think you know la becomes a rite of passage for yeah. for most people in entertainment it doesn't matter where you're from i mean even you know being from orange county from long beach uh you still have to like come up to la and in hollywood and it's still you get the same cold shoulder as if you were from wherever, France. Or you might even have, you know, a harder time because you're from the city or from the state, you know. Yeah. Whereas, you know, somebody who's international comes and they get more 
Ooh, yeah. ah, because you're international versus, oh, I've, I've lived here all my life. I'm from here. I know everyone around here. Gotcha. They're less intrigued, you know. I think there's also, <clears throat> in L.A., there's not a lot of fans mm-hmm. in the sense that there's oversaturation with people trying to acquire fans. Like in probably in Pittsburgh, you know what I'm saying? There's less people doing shows every night throwing events having yeah. these things as compared to LA where you could look you could find a show a party a club event yeah. every day of the week every night 100%. you know what i'm saying but yes. going to other places it's more scarce it's oversaturated here <clears throat> so there's so much more options that um i feel like the fan base is kind of lost because everyone's looking for fans yeah not being a fan as much in right. this in this area especially with you had <clears throat> social media and instagram and right. all the you know the the visual appearances that females are trying to acquire to get their stardom and you know in this mm-hmm. world of music and secular you know kind of like life so uh it's a real i don't know it's it's kind of like a just a weird tornado going on but at the same time it's it's kind of where all the action's at yeah you know and if if you if you claim to be a, a tornado roper then you got to come pass through la and, yeah and get get the rite of passage you know most of the big labels most of the big uh i'd say the majority of the celebrities have properties in la you right. know they probably have properties elsewhere also but they have pieces of property in la because there's so much business that gets done here you right know? it's and a it's definitely a place like you where, said before the rubbing of the shoulders it's, yeah you know per square mile it's there's no better place here 100 go to five different starbucks you know or some coffee shops you're gonna right. run into like ooh celebrity people or people yeah. who are working real jobs that are like in yeah. entertainment you know you might not realize that two guys sitting in the corner of starbucks are actually script writers for yeah. the thing you're going to watch home at home when you you know like they're working on the next season or something just all around you you know right so yeah the opportunities here um also the quality you know for my industry i think um la and new york Miami, those are kind of like the big three that yeah. you know, come to mind that kind of pioneer sound and whatnot. So right. it's kind of that East Coast, New York vibe. Yeah. Then there's, you know, I mean, everyone has their own sound. Like Detroit has a specific style of music, you know, right. but but it, um, I feel like New York is kind of a rite of passage for yeah. East Coast people, Absolutely. you know, or at least it used to be, you know. I think it's still it. it, it there's still... Like the guy that maybe, we had had maybe. on last, he's a comedian and he, um, he's from you know, California, like in Inland Empire, and he went out, and he lived in New York for like a year, and he went viral on TikTok, and now he's, he's getting recognized more, and like people are seeing him, but he's been doing stand up literally for like a year, right? And um, and so he came back here, he's gonna spend like a year out here, and then he's gonna go back, and like he's trying to like live there yeah um well for yeah for tv film stuff like that yeah. i think new york is still one i'm not i don't 100%. know if i feel like la and miami have taken the cake as far as the music creation that, and the sure. networking of all the artists and right. the whatever maybe it's just too cold in new york i don't know but <clears throat> yeah you know Who either really way knows? i mean for any of those hot spots like if that's where business is taking place and it's like, oh, well, I need to meet with, you know, the producer, the writer, the, you know, and I need to do something else while I'm there. Or I want to see how it's going to sound. And then 
you know, you want to like pre-track or whatever, um, like it makes sense that you're not going to like have all those people come to your place in some state where like they're not already owning property or like they're yeah. already there. Mm-hmm. Um, where like, even though, you know, you might not, you might not live there a hundred percent of the time going there to do your business. Um, it makes sense. I, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many opportunities out here packed in, you know, correct tiny square miles are like okay i can <clears throat> get the record done i can shoot a music video the production companies out here the labels out here i catch a lakers game right you know i could do yeah. all this and i'm in perfect weather majority <laughs> of the time you know yeah uh yeah it's hard to beat you know <clears throat> love it so yeah i've definitely had ideas of creating other studio properties uh, other locations but um for now i'm just trying to get this one automated so i can kind of focus on my artistry a little bit more and i feel like my artistry and songwriting will open up those doors that i'm looking for to grab those other properties and other locations gotcha so it'll kind of help make it easier than just coming in as a studio owner or engineer mix master behind the scenes guy i've been able to master that and do that have a great career and teach others and now i feel like god's calling me on a different path to share music and kind of be on a different platform come back to the stage right you know what i'm saying which i was raised on <laughs> so yeah yeah it's time to go back to the stage love that yeah love that um you talked a little bit about your brother and like going through that um how like when you decided that you were going to do this yourself and like i understand like you might have looked for like your parents for a little bit of direction, but um, when I say like, how did you stay like balanced, motivated? Like um, when you were were looking for like what direction and what this would look like, what what are some of the things that were like running through your head? Well, I mean that's always been as an entrepreneur. I think that's always the balance and the struggle that I've tried to you know maintain is you know my chasing the dream maintaining the bills Mm -hmm. and uh you know and having fun while doing it you know and staying healthy you know stuff like that um i don't know there was a lot of motivating factors i think not having really a a plan b you Mm -hmm. know well i guess what happened is in high school so i was i was doing really well in sports in high school i've always played music since i was 10 and 12 but yeah uh, the best drummers I know. Yo, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, my my hands, I've given up the sticks for a while. I'm a yeah. keyboard and mouse guy now. Gotcha. But um, but basically, I had a scholarship to go play at Northwestern for football. Gotcha. So I was on full mental with I'm gonna be you know kicking footballs and doing this whole jock kind of lifestyle in college. Yeah. And the end of my junior year, I had scholarship opportunities my junior year. So the end of my junior year. Started my senior year, uh, my tibia went through my talus and kind of chipped a piece of my bone off during, like, practice. I had stepped gotcha. in a pothole. It was terrible, terrible yeah. field we practiced on. So I had a surgery, had to send x-rays, lost my scholarship. Gotcha. So that was, like, I felt like God was, like, Vrunt, like, yeah. just, you're not doing that anymore. Right. I'm going to break your ankle to prove <laughs> it to you that this is, I'm taking you somewhere else. So yeah, <clears throat> I've been doing music the whole time. I've been playing music with my brother off and on and helping his band write songs and do that stuff. But yeah. I was still in high school, so I wasn't playing shows or doing any touring. So after my ankle and then the football scholarship went away, I still finished out, you know, my four years I did, uh, 
varsity soccer and football four years. So I finished all that out, <clears throat> but my end of my senior year, I was ready to check out. Like I was yeah. playing with the band more. Yeah. I was like ready to go on tour with them. They had a tour that was starting two weeks before I ended school. I was begging my mom, please let me just take off and I'll get my GED or whatever. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. wouldn't let me, you know. Right. So I ended up staying, get uh, my diploma, and then two weeks after that, I left on the tour and jumped on. So I think I've always just kind of, like, had that dream and like to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's never been easy, and it always seems like um, – right when i'm about to be broken god opens another door that's like you know a, a breeze or mm -hmm. you know a wave that's going to take me to the next the next destination so yeah. i don't know just kind of having faith in it um and believing that you know i'm supposed to do something in this world and being open to you know being a servant or having a servant heart you know i think i fell into providing a service and figuring out okay i can exchange service for what i need which is you know money to pay my bills and and yeah. invest in the recording equipment to keep doing what i'm doing you 100%. know so um that was kind of the balance and then never really wanted to take advantage of people yeah. Uh, my grandmother ran her own business and her motto was if it's a good deal for you and them, Absolutely. it's a good deal. But yeah. if it's a, only a good deal for you yeah. or it's only a good deal from them, it's it's not balanced. So Completely do your business agree. that way and and people will respect you. So, you know, yeah. um, I think this before we were recording, we were just sort of chatting about like you guys met at church and how you kind of like kind of fell away from church or at least like the structure of church yeah um but you still like mention how like god is like still working in your life like how how is that different is it more of like a spiritual thing for you now rather than like i go to church every sunday or whatever absolutely it's yeah. definitely more of a personal connection okay. and spiritual connection with god than i had before i was grown raised up in the in in christian non-denominational right you know like i've read the bible cover to cover like 27 times i went to school for it, all this stuff so i think kind of the programming of christian mentality and then uh, having my own journey with life outside of that and questions and right. things happen within the church. The, a yeah. lot of the, remember a situation yeah. we were talking about before, right. but a lot of things happen within the church that make you question. Okay, wait these these are men and women. These are right. humans. Yeah. So I need to take with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's not just black and white. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just too much gray. So yeah, I had a lot of deprogramming like when I moved away because like getting away from like my dad was rolling into like conspiracy theories and that bled into like what we would learn about Christianity. And mm. so like we thought like as like little kids where we, we were like told about the mark of the beast and like, right. like things that were just like not necessary for like sure. kids to be worried about. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like figuring out like what's real and what's not and like how much of it. And like it, it to me, it like boiled down to like, all right, like I believe in this thing, um, you know, not all some of these might be like stories and like like good stories that make you think about like how to treat each other and and how to like um believe but like maybe not necessarily all of them like are exactly like things that have happened um, it's all like symbolism yeah there could be some symbolism there but like at the end of the day like there's 
like I believe it. And part of what makes it faith for me, which I think a lot of people that I grew up with, like in the church, like they can't grasp is like knowing that it could be wrong is what makes it faith is that that's what makes it something that I am like actively believing, even though I know it could not be like, it could not be correct. But like, um, and there's people that are like, no, like everyone has to believe or else my thing or else I'm not correct. And so like, they're worried that like, there can't be these differences. It's like, no, right. like everyone could be different. Like even people within the church are going to be believe different things. Like there can't be just like one very specific thing. As long as the base, like the very, very basic, like God is love. Um, if you want to believe Jesus died for you, I believe that. But either way, like what is love and figuring out like, you know, what the scripture says about how to treat yourself. you like how, you know, if you want to love yourself and love other people, I think as a fundamental, no one's going to argue with that. Like if that's how you are um, like just going about your life. And um, I think that we, we put way too much emphasis on like the little, like I love the gray area. Like the gray area is like, it's for you to figure out like for yourself. And um, of course we got to work together and not be like jerks to each other. That's part of, you know, loving each other is not putting each other in positions, but like the gray area is, is meant to be not played with, but like you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, questioned. Yeah, yeah. Right. So certain things that you're like, Oh, well that made sense for them, you know, at that yeah. time. And you know, what makes sense for us might be something different. It doesn't mean that God's mad at me. Yeah. Like, when you explain something to a nine-year-old, yeah. it might be different than explaining something to a 35-year-old. It might 100%. be more complex. Right. I'm okay with understanding that, you know, I can be taught as an eight-year-old and I can be taught as a 35-year-old. Absolutely. You know? So I think I think there's a lot to question. I think it's great to question. But, you know, my, my ultimate thing is having a personal spiritual connection with Absolutely. whatever it is you're trying to define. Yeah. You know, I believe in that. In whatever language it may be. <laughs> yeah. Just you like know? a higher power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I go I go through spurts where um some, you know I was I was playing uh in a band not not too long ago, um, with a church you know, a few years ago. And uh like I would do it. It it was it was good for like at the time I had my son and, and, um, he like, when he was real little, he was like two, three years old, uh, gave me like a little bit of a break from him while he'd be like in the youth, like in the, with the kids and yeah. I get to play in the band. And it's like, can't really play in a band right now. Cause like I have a kid and I have a business and like, like Sunday morning is kind of like the, the only slot that kind of works. Right. So not in, and you know, and it was good in other ways. Um, at the time, like I called it like my yoga, like it, it just kind of like rebalanced me and like, like made me reconsider of like, like how I should be treating myself and treating other people. And just like that, even spending an hour or two, um, uh, once a week is just like enough to like refocus and remind yourself of like what, what's important. And, yeah. um, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, I would go back to a church at some point, but, um, probably not in uh in like a 
depending on how involved, you know, like not like involved capacity and not like, but I mean, who knows? That's it's nothing's ever. We make plans. And, yeah, God yeah, laughs exactly. So, <laughs> and yeah. we, we work with what we got, but I know that the relationships there, and um, like whether it's just little prayers throughout the day or you know feelings or or whatever, there there's no question about that. that like I, no matter where you're at, like you can you can realize that you know there's more to this someone there there's some thought behind this i don't think it was just chance um and uh you know there's a reason we're all here it's a it's a very important part of like who we are i think and Absolutely. not believing it doesn't it doesn't bother me if someone doesn't that's just that's what it means to me mm-hmm. you know yeah it's personal yeah yeah. Um, I have. I think we should be wrapping up soon, but I have one last question. Since your life seems to be like revolved around creativity, like music, and you write music, um, if you have like writer's block, what what do you do, or do you go somewhere, or where do you go to get like inspired? That's a great question. I mean, and I think that's as a creator, that's always what we're trying to figure out. Like, oh, yeah. I hit, I hit a it's not even i don't know if i definitely i don't define mine as writer's block as much as like because that gives me like a visual if i'm writing a story on pen and paper and i just don't know how to continue after this sentence so i don't know if it's that as much for me as like i like to express um you know how i feel or how i'm interpreting music so if i'm not in a state of mind or Mm -hmm. feeling to really feel and receive the music and feel like I'm connected to trying to get something off that is more connecting than just lyrics and words over music then I find it really difficult to to connect at all so I mean Mm. it could be things that I'm dealing with personal you know personal things in my relationship my family could be friends could be something I saw on Instagram that just has my head messed up for the day and I'm just not into it like so I think there's a ton of different things that I do to try to maintain that zen space of feeling like nothing's going to interfere with my creativity you know A lot of times I find uh, it easier to create late at night, mm-hmm. probably because most of my friends and family and worries are asleep. Mm-hmm. So during that time, I'm allowed to really focus in without in the back of my mind having to think about anything else other than yeah. let me connect with exactly right. what is in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. When Yeah, when, when I, like during business hours, like it's one thing. And then once that like quiets down, I'm like, okay, now I can... Get, I feel like I can get more done because I'm not like people might email, but I don't feel like I have to respond right away. Right. So I'm just like, cool. That could wait till the morning. Let me just do what I need to do. Yeah. And it it, it definitely like has that same similar effect. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's a balance for me. A lot of it is just you know maintaining mental health. You know, that's just the that's the challenge and creative. You know, Huge. everything comes in waves. Yeah. You oh, be that able to... that part. Yeah. You know, really, and then understanding how to maintain and not lose yourself when that wave isn't at its peak and it's kind of all the way down. You know, yeah. and and not giving up, not yeah. not 
questioning and doubting yourself and just kind of maintaining, doing what you need to to survive mentally and physically until that wave comes back and then knowing how to capitalize on it, set yourself up to be in a position to receive you know, all those blessings when they do come 100%. and then not waste them and squander them when that wave recedes. So um, a lot of balance, being patient, you know what I'm saying? Having a lot of faith. Um, but, you know, I'm like a lot of people, too. I, I like movies. I'm, I got all of the subscriptions. They all got me. You yeah. know, 27 subscriptions <laughs> or something. And, right. you know, I we set a video game up, a video game PC up in the main studio. So it's got everything, Call of Duty, Fortnite, Madden, and all the games for everyone to play. And it's hooked up to Twitch, too. So gotcha. we're starting to do Twitch streams and integrate that gaming kind of life into just making it more fun in the studio yeah. environment just to improve mental health you know gotcha. a lot of us creatives so we like love recharge. games yeah it's fun and you know it's you know we kind of think about what did you do before music oh, i played games all the time i yeah. love games right as a kid it just went to like from games to like oh, i gotta take this music serious because i need to figure out how it's gonna how i'm gonna prove to my parents that it's a legitimate way for me to live my life mm -hmm. and i you know, don't need to go do what, what they want. Right. So, you know, yeah. just kind of prove it to yourself and make it happen. Absolutely. That's it. Right. But. Yeah. I see, I see entrepreneurs starting out and I know we got to wrap up in a minute, but, mm. um, like one of the biggest things that I try to tell them is like, you got to take yourself seriously before you can expect anyone else to, Yeah. because if you don't like it, people see through that, like, you might try to like fake it till you make it, but like if if you're not, if you're not at least like you're not convinced that you're going to, and I'm sure you see this with artists Absolutely. all the time, where yeah. like they're like, well, I want to see if it'll work first before I really like believe, believe it. it. Yeah, it's like no, you got to believe in it first. No. Like, um, so it's the same thing with small business, and like you really have to um, go, you know, be all in and and believe that that's your direction and what you're doing and. But at the same time, not be married to any specific thing. Yeah. And like not let anything be tie open to you change, down. Yeah. Right. Because you got to be able to adapt and swivel and right. and be, you know, be ready for whatever the next thing might be. And, and so I think yeah, it's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's why I tell a lot of my clients. I'm like, the one thing I can't fix is the believability. Right. So you're saying these words. I right. can put them in time if you say them off time. I can yeah. put it in tune if you sing it out of tune. Yeah. But I, there's nothing I can do to make them believe right. what you're saying. Right. Only you can do that. So right. be convincing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll figure be out the rest. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure out the rest. You yeah. know, like, yeah. So I find that the most real takes are the most the ones that connect. Absolutely. You know? So they can get yeah. fixed and... There's a thousand different ways to change something nowadays. So yeah, no problem. There's no genuine filter. No. Like, yeah. Oh, can I make this part. sound more genuine? Just click yeah. this button. No. Not not gonna mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. Is there a believability button here? <laughs> oh, I need that on. Bro. Right. Yeah. Love that. Yep. So um, thank you very much for for being on and, and uh, opening your studio to us. You're very welcome. Um, I would love for uh, for you any any last words and as as well as like. Uh, Social media, where people can find yeah. you, website, all that. Um, studio here in Burbank, California. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. Likewise, it's been great seeing you and Thank meeting you. you as well. Um, the studio uh, can be found at thegoldwave.com. That's T-H-E-G-O-L-D-W-A-V.com. 
um, as well as the Instagram, the Gold Wave, and then I am Dub Shakes, D-U-B Shakes, can be found uh, anywhere on the interwebs. And um, yeah, tap in and definitely uh, find out what number in the genealogy I am <laughs> so I can uh, correct this for the next interview. It'll be 33 or 34 yeah. times removed, my uncle. William Shakespeare, someone verify that. But yeah, it's um it's on a big sheet, so but it's been fun. Thanks for having awesome. me. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the opportunity. Definitely check check out Dub and uh, check out other episodes if you haven't listened. Um, our my personal uh, Instagram is uh, Josh Snyder eighty six and that's Snyder with an I. And our, our printing business is PGH Printship, um, pghprintship.com. So definitely check us out. We, we'd love to do some printing for you. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. It really means a lot.